How do you want to feel on your wedding day? When you open your eyes in the morning, how do you want to feel? And how do you want that feeling, like that feeling to last all day long? Mm. Is it calm? Is it peace? Is it loved? Is it joy? Is it anticipation? Except like what's one word that can summarize how you want that day? Are you ready to open the door to more romance, fun, and adventure? Or maybe it's compassion, support, and strength you're looking for. Discover real-life stories and a path to overcome the pitfalls every marriage encounters. Welcome to The Extraordinary Marriage. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of The Extraordinary Marriage Podcast. I have a treat for you today. Her name is Debbie Slews, and she empowers people by discovering, helping them discover their vision, helping them find balance in their life and their inner power. Welcome, Debbie. Hi, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Well, Debbie and I first met uh, maybe three years ago now um, on a summit that I had done, and she was one of my guests. And I have to tell you that finding your vision in life is so important because people literally just tread water each and every day, never thinking about where they want to go. And that's what Debbie Slews does. She helps people find their vision and find their purpose and what's important in life. And she helps them figure out how to get there. Right, Debbie? Absolutely. It is really key. And otherwise, we tend to slide into mediocrity. And when you are not growing, it, you really are dying. And so it's really about that growth and anticipation and just being a little bit better every day. I know. And I don't know about anybody else, but I feel great when I'm learning something new, when I'm headed in that direction that I want to go. So, but today, Debbie, we're going to start a little bit with a little bit about you because you're on the extraordinary marriage. So we're talking about what makes an extraordinary marriage. And we want to share a little bit of our ups and our downs so that our listeners can actually relate to us because every marriage is different and we all have those ups and downs. It's like, it's never always the same. And uh, we go through different seasons in our marriage. So to start with, let me ask you, how long have you been married and how did you meet your spouse? Ah, so we've been married 33 years and we met. Um, the funny story is uh, I went with my father uh, and my uncle to a church uh, hockey game. And it was like different churches. Like I live in Ontario, Canada. They would put together hockey teams, the guys, and they would all have this tournament. It was always on uh, I don't know if you have this in the States, but in Canada, we have Boxing Day. And mm. so it was like the holiday after Christmas. We call it Boxing Day. And so it, so they would have this hockey tournament. And I saw this guy on the ice and he had didn't have a helmet. And he mm. had like at the time, this was um, in the early 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, the flowing hair, kind of that. <laughs> hey, that's coming back, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I actually, you're you're right. I did see actually a few people recently, especially little guys. Anyways, flying around the ice, and um, I was like, "Ooh, who's that guy?" So I inquired about him, 
And, uh, and then I, I found out who he was and that was that. And then, um, actually only a week later, there was another church. I, I'm again, I grew up very uh, conservative, very Christian home. And we had a youth skating event. And again, all of our churches, um, from this area, um, they could go. And then, you know, they all went out for pizza afterwards and he asked me to skate. And, uh, so I left my mitten on, that's the other hilarious thing. So we were skating around and I had my mitten on. Um, and then I actually, he asked me, do you want to go for pizza? I'll give you a ride to the pizza place. I said, sure. And so we're in the car and I was working for a university or college at the time. And I was running the childcare there on the campus and they had a banquet. And because I was an employee, I wasn't a student. Um, I was invited to go uh, and uh, I didn't have a date. So I just met him. Like we'd only met for about an hour and a half. And I said, Hey, I got a great idea. Would you like to go to this banquet with me? And uh, he's like, sure. And so all of a sudden I realized, Oh, what if this night goes terrible? I've just committed to this, you know, this is weeks away. But uh, the next Sunday he came down to my um, parents' home and we actually went to church together. Uh, and then actually six months later, we were engaged and a year later we were married. Oh my goodness. Well, how old were you then? Um, I was uh, engaged at, I was 21. And 21. So 20, yeah, just a baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm about the same. I was uh, engaged at, tw- at 20 maybe at 19 and I got married at 20. So, all right. So I hear this word mitten. You said mitten. What is that? Is that like a, a, a thing that holds your hands together in a, what, what is a mitten? I think about mittens, two of them. Mittens. Yes. Mittens. Gotcha. Mitten. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So all of a sudden I pictured you skating around with one of those old fashioned mitten oh. things, you know, that you put your hands in. And I was thinking, you know, like you couldn't like uh, hold, you know, help yourself if you fell on the oh, ice, you know, like yeah. a muff. I had this whole different picture <laughs> going funny. on there. All right. So um, it's funny, Debbie, a lot of the people that have been on the podcast so far have talked about meeting their spouse at church and uh, that kind of thing. So maybe that has something to do with long-term marriages, uh, meeting your spouse at church. Although that doesn't always make it perfect because everything's not perfect, but uh, that's really cool. So, well, so tell me some things. Uh, what did y'all find right away that you had in common? Because, you know, that's what makes a great marriage, right? Finding things in common. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's interesting. I think it was more about the church. Um, it also had to do with um, our background, our culture. So um, although I'm adopted, I don't look Dutch. I have dark hair, dark eyes. Um, so I kind of stuck out compared to all the blonde and blue eyed tall people that were surrounding me in my church and my school and so forth. But, um, and, and uh, so I think that's about it. I I think it was more opposites attract and uh, I'm definitely much more talkative outgoing. um, And um, yeah, there was an age difference. He's a bit older than me. So I think there was some of those things that opposites attract actually. You know what? That is very true. Opposites do attract because opposites are able to fill in the gap for each other and different things are important to each of them. In fact, um, 
they make a great team. But on the other hand, sometimes when we're opposite, it causes a little bit of trouble because we like a lot of very different kind of things. For sure. I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but I really discovered that later on as I would be very frustrated sometimes with his way of parenting because it wasn't the way that I would parent. Uh-huh. And um, I, I was all about the hygiene and making sure that things got done in terms of their homework and, and sometimes became very militant. Um, I had um, three children under three. So I had a son who was three and then I had a set of twins. Twins were born. Yeah. So it was oh. really, it was very busy. And so I, I just re- resorted to being perfectionist and just trying to make sure everything was perfect. And again, church gets involved there where you feel these obligations, which now looking back were definitely something that I was putting on myself as well, like worrying about being judged and so forth. But I became to really to the knowledge of appreciating um, the partnership, as you said, and where we would be the yin and yang in how we would respond to the kids. And it was just really beautiful to, instead of wishing that he was more like me actually appreciating for who he is and what he brought uh, to, to the family for sure. Okay. Now did that come in the early years? Did you appreciate his differences then, or now you, uh, you understand and appreciate those? Yeah, no, that, that didn't come till later. I wish I would have, I wish I would have known because I think it would have really prevented arguments, my frustration and um, I just thought that I was I was too busy worrying about being right and needing needing to be right and uh, not seeing and, and being curious about that perspective. So, no, I wish I would have known that for sure in the in the earlier days. But hindsight's always twenty twenty, <laughs> isn't it though? But um, you know, the thing is, is that we all come from different families. Be- Besides the fact that we all have different personality styles, and that's what you're really talking about now is that you had different personality styles. And so you went about things in a different way. What I find is often we perceive things so very differently, um, but you, you, you go about them in a different way. And then add on top of that, whenever you come from different families, you know, you all have different habits. And uh, you said you were adopted. Well, somebody got a beautiful dark haired girl. I'm sure they were excited and loved you to pieces as you were growing up. Um, so you were very fortunate, you know, to be adopted and, uh, and to uh, evidently a church going family too, right? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I have had an opportunity to meet, uh, my biological mother and father and siblings. And, um, I have a lot to be grateful for. Absolutely. And, um, not everyone has that opportunity to see what your life could have been. And I, I, again, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. And that actually is part of my why and my reason why I support people to create a vision and to live a purpose-driven life. Because I really feel that everyone, I mean, whether you're born into a family or not, but for me, it was, it was like God picked me up at five months old and rescued me and said, here, like I was in a foster home for five months and just said, Oh no, you're supposed to be over here. And so now what am I going to do with that gift? And so that's where I see the vision board as an expression of gratitude, of thankfulness back to, I'm going to speak in Christian terms, but back to my creator to say, thank you 
for this gift of life. Now, am I just going to, as we talked about earlier, like live in mediocrity, or am I going to stretch the borders as far as possible and dream as big as I can into this beautiful gift of life? So yeah, my adoption has definitely played a part, a big part in my expression of my business um, and, and just my desire for people to feel hope and joy. I love that. And a lot of times we say, whatever you're doing, you want to begin with the end in mind. And at first when I heard that, I didn't really know what it meant. This really talking about having that vision for where you want to go, what you want to be, whether it's your family at work or it's your business, um, or if it's things you want to achieve in school, whatever it is, it's beginning with the end in mind. Where do I want to end up? And too often in this world, in this day and time, People only pay attention to what's right in front of them. And in that turn, the challenges are blown out of proportion. And that gets the focus instead of where they want to go. I want to talk a lot about your vision stuff today, but I want to also let you share what are some of the biggest challenges that you saw in marriage, maybe in the younger years, uh, since you've been married for quite a few years, maybe even you've seen challenges as your kids have gotten married. I know um, my husband and I were from very similar families and we were very fortunate because sometimes families look similar, but then they're not. And there's a lot of you know trouble that can come out of that. So, um, you know, what would be some of the big frustrations or how did you solve them or that kind of thing? What comes to mind? Well, I would say um, not being self-aware. And as I already alluded to that, like thinking that I was right and not even being aware of that. So becoming self-aware is, and so if I look at where I was as a young person in my marriage compared to my, as I said, I have twin daughters um, and they're both married. Actually, my, my older son is also married. I'm just in awe of my kids and their self-awareness. And what that also has led is I'm noticing that they also are open about asking for support and asking for help, um, getting a financial planner, like they're in their twenties. Like how awesome is that? Uh, that didn't even occur to me. Mm, uh, me neither. I just, <laughs> no, I mean, that wasn't something my family did. And you know, I see my children, um, having, um, budgets and planning for their future. And I mean, they're in their twenties. I'm just, I think that's just brilliant. So those are definitely some of the challenges. And then that led, and now I'm understanding more about communication and how to communicate and something I've adopted now. And I see my children is direct, honest, and loving. And so those are the three legs of the stool, so to speak, that all the communication goes through, you know, if it's just loving then it may be confusing. It may not be direct. Um, and if it's too direct, it may not be, it may be harsh. Um, and it's, you know, if you're just circling around and not clear, because as Brené Brown says, you know, clear is kind. So those three pieces are really dictating communication within my marriage, but also within uh, my family. Uh, and I see my children, the way that they're also being with their children, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Uh and how they also are very connected to one another. They're siblings as adults too. And um, 
yeah, so it's, I just am really in awe of my children's marriages and just some of the choices that they're making, which um, some of our challenges, I think communication and finances were probably some of the biggest challenges, but they stemmed, as you said, from systematic challenges that were the way that we grew up and my parents didn't communicate well and finances were never talked about. And so those things I just inherited and I didn't really know what to do with. And they created paradigms from which I was responding from because I didn't know any better. And as I said, I was really unaware. We know much more is caught than taught. And we always hear, you know, about, well, you need to teach your kids this and teach your kids that. But the truth is that they live whatever they saw whenever they were growing up, good or bad. They live whatever they saw. And I I want to go back to that word aware. In the beginning, you know, we're just doing the best we can. We're just figuring it out. Every single person is figuring it out. Nobody's been there before. They're figuring it out. And we first have to be aware of any kind of challenges, differences, you know, how we might make our spouse feel bad about this or that. You know, in the beginning, we're just emotionally responding uh, most often. And we don't think about how we're making the other person feel. But being aware of your own behavior and seeing yourself as you are, um, I think definitely helps. And to pause and really stop and think about the other person and how it looks to them. I like to say like putting your putting on their shoes and seeing life from their perspective, because I would say that's something that unless you've been taught that as a kid, it's impossible. You know, we we, we just wouldn't know to even do that. But whenever you put on the shoes of the other person and think about how life looks from their side, it always does make a difference. But much more is caught than taught. And our kids live and act and do. And I like to think my kids are doing even better than I did. <laughs> how about you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um, just in terms of their housing situation, mortgages and yeah, just absolutely. So uh and just choices. And, and I just feel really grateful that we were just in Florida for a couple of weeks. And um, my daughter, both of my daughters, actually, we've got some big decisions. One actually she just sold her house yesterday. So they're moving. And uh, the other, again, there were some decisions and they call us, you know, I, I'm so honored that they want, they, they're talking about it as a couple. Uh, and then it's like to get another perspective. And I feel so honored as their parents to, to be asked to weigh in. Um, but the beautiful thing is, and I said to both of them, you know what to do. You don't need us. Like you don't need you. We can validate, um, your choice, but ultimately you already have it. I, I, you already have a decision. You know what you want to do and just follow your heart. And so, um, yeah, I feel, I, I feel really blessed when, when I get that opportunity. <laughs> Well, you know, ultimately, though, asking someone else's opinion and being able to listen to their opinion and what they say, they might bring out something that you hadn't thought of. So that's really smart. It shows intelligence to do that and not to be closed and don't want to hear anyone else's opinion. Um, I'm I'm a person that I can listen to two, three, four, five opinions. I call it collaboration. <laughs> I love to hear, you know, what somebody else thinks about something. And then I take all that in 
mull it around, and then I come up with my decision. But, you know, I wouldn't want someone to pressure me or push me because if probably if you pressured or pushed me, like most of our kids, right, then, you know, they were going to, you know, like a dog putting up all fours, you know, and they start skidding because they're not going to move if you if you pressure them. But um, it's important to hear other people's opinion because they think of something that possible you didn't think about at all. But, okay, so you are all about vision, and I think that that's why our kids are doing even better than we did um, because we raise them with vision and to think positively and to see um, the good things that can come, uh, you know, uh, turning, what does they say, um, turning lemons into lemonade. Sometimes you have to do that. Um, so Debbie, tell us a little bit about your vision board in the idea of um, couples and marriage. In fact, before we started today, you even said you had a marriage vision board. And um, uh, I have a, a, a short course is called um, a roadmap to a couple's. Um, I can't think of the end of it now. But, you know, everybody needs a roadmap in order to get where they want to go. For sure. So I started because I had a I had a request uh, from someone to say, you know, I want to do a vision board on my own, but really, I would love to do it with my partner. And so I actually have offered it a couple of times, usually around Valentine's and it's like a Valentine's date. And I've done it with a couple that was pre-marriage and then someone, actually my, my daughter and her husband, they were married two years. And I did it with friends who were 25 years married. So it really is right across the board that always refreshing your vision is such a beautiful thing. So it's not like a one and done where you just do it before you're married and then you leave it. I think it's just a beautiful practice to have to reconnect. And uh, the couple that actually did it pre-marriage, they had it at their wedding reception for their guests to see, which was really beautiful. They had on their board, I remember they put a big uh, red front door because they wanted to symbolize that their door was always open for their friends and family. And they really wanted that red and just express love. Uh, And so what the others said as well was it was a really beautiful way to communicate. Uh, So I liken it to like a puppet. So if you think about, I used to work in earlier, which is why I'm going back to the childcare idea, but with children who may not have the language skills or maybe have been traumatized, we would use puppets to be the third party to actually say, well, what would the puppet say or talk to the puppet? Um, It's like the vision board is sort of that, third party where if the couple is is finding that they don't have that direct honest and loving communication with each other they just haven't been in practice then the vision board is a way for that to be expressed and that it can help facilitate and work through decisions in all seven areas of their life so what do they want their relationship to look like in terms of intimacy in terms of uh friendship um and and um and, and just loving gestures, talking about love languages. We talk about love languages in mm-hmm. there as well, uh, which was a real big epiphany. I wish I knew that also in my 20s. Um, well, well, you know, Debbie, um, I did in episode three of this podcast, I did love languages and I actually took the little quiz, which I hadn't done. And I've been married so long, <clears throat> over 40 years. <laughs> I've been married so long that I started to think that my husband's love language was my love language. And that's exactly where the conflict comes in, doesn't it? 
Yes. And so I, uh, I did the little quiz and I'm, I'm only talking about a few weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot, you know, my love language is time. And so that means whether it's my husband or my kids or what, it's like spending time with me and doing things together is everything. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I believe mine's, mine is, um, acts of service and, and, and also gifts too. I do love this kind of hand yeah. Yeah. So, and it doesn't need to be extravagant, extravagant, but more just that thoughtful little gift or like it's a bookmark or a single flower, or even just a gift of coffee, like something which oh, could be a service to you. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So it's important to know those love languages, but back to your vision. Yeah. So um, those are all conversations that we get to have for this couple's vision. And it's just a beautiful way to have um, a memento that they take home that they can continue in action with goals towards what it is that they have put on this vision board uh, because they've done it jointly. <clears throat> what was really interesting is I had a uh, someone come across my website and saw that and she's, she has, is a wedding planner. So you were talking earlier about various, like all these applications for a vision board. That's and somewhere people definitely have vision and plan for years and years and years. Yes. But it's also a place where people have a lot of conflict and like, because everybody has their opinion about what, where, who, all that. And What's it so, supposed to be like, that's right. And that's where a lot of, of stress and frustration can come from. So uh, so I created a, a product for her called Vow to Vision, and it's specifically a vision board for couples planning their wedding. So imagine, again, having all of those awesome conversations before the decision has to be made so that you're not sitting at the florist and going, but I want this, but I want this, but that you have all of those decisions and they're on a board. So you can break your board, bring your board with you to wherever you're going. And so it's more about the feeling of the wedding and who do you want to be involved? Anyways, it's just lovely. And so I guess what you can hear from this is that communication is a really big, important priority for me. And this is something that I really believe is something that the vision board helps facilitate for couples, whether it be pre-marriage or in 25 years in that a vision can support that communication, which then supports the creation of goals, which then helps them live their best life together. Well, I think whenever you talk about uh, a wedding, I think that's something that everybody can relate to that planning of the wedding. And, you know, we all come in one person here, one person there, and we have our own ideals. We've got to bring them together. And it's a first place where you have to be able to communicate and tell what is most important to you. Keyword, most important to you. Everything's not really that important, but sometimes we come in with that idea that everything I want is important, and it is a a a first place of really communicating and talking about what your vision is and your spouse's vision, deciding you know what you really want, and then what's most important. Like, okay, well, this is not so important, so I'll this is important to you, so I'll let you do that. I happen to be married to an easygoing man who. Um, uh, I don't want to sound selfish, but it's like, he's always about me, but he's like that with everybody. So he's always about the other person. And so he's super easy to live with. And so I had to learn, first of all, to tell him, like, if I saw a beautiful ring 
you know, a jewelry that was gorgeous. In fact, we have some uh, friends that we've traveled with and um, uh, my friend would always be like, hmm, because, you know, her husband was about the money and uh, mine would always be like, oh, you want that? I had to learn really early on to go, oh, wow, that's so pretty. Oh, I do not have to have that. <laughs> I do not have to have that. Uh, I'm very money conscious, so don't have to have that. Um, but he would do whatever I wanted him to do. So I had to be the no person. I had to be the person that, that said no. And my doorbell's ringing and they're leaving. Okay. Well, that's in there. <laughs> it happens when you're working at home. Um, so anyway, he was the easygoing person who always said yes. So I had to learn this. I had to learn that when he did say something and when he did say something that was important to him, I had to listen and, and that was very helpful. And I would have to ask myself and know that that wasn't so important to me, whatever it was. And so I would have to listen because he didn't say much. So when he did say anything, I wanted to make sure that I listen. So here are the couple, well, you know, let's, let's stay on the marriage thing. Cause that works. So, you know, they're getting married. And so now they're talking about what they really want to have and, um, and deciding what's most important. And they're creating that vision of what they want for their marriage. But often that stops after they've gotten married. It's like a destination. They got there and they stop and they, they don't go any further. So that is really where a vision board, when you talk about marriage, comes into play. And um, what are some things that couples kind of need to look at whenever they're, you know, after they've gotten married? Yes. Can I give you um, and whoever's listening a little um, exercise that they could do? Yeah. Is that okay? Wonderful. Yeah. Give a little freebie. Okay. Cause this is making me think about, I did a vendor show for a bridal vendor show and uh, my daughter actually was, had the booth and she's like, mom, do you want to come in and share the booth? And I was like, mm, how am I going to do vision boards? And I thought, aha, I can do my little mini vision board. So I'll just hold it up so that you can see this Connie. Um, it's like, so little mini vision board and it's based around a single word. And so what I did was I had a, a higher table set up and the brides and bridesmaids would come in, but really I was focused on the bride and she would get a little file card. So anyone at home, you can do this. You just need a little file card, something like a recipe card, something you get at the dollar store or back of an old greeting card. And then you want to um, have, if you want, you can have some markers and, and stickers and, and images, but you don't need that. The most important thing is the word. And so what I challenged the bride to think about was, how do you want to feel on your wedding day? When you open your eyes in the morning, how do you want to feel? And how do you want that feeling, like that feeling to last all day long? Hmm. Is it calm? Is it peace? Is it loved? Is it joy? Is it anticipation? Except like what's one word that can summarize how you want that day? And it was beautiful. And this same exercise can be applied to a full year. And so for anyone that's listening, we're just coming into a new year. Mm -hmm. And I do this practice every year. I choose a power word. And in my background with early years, what we would strive for children to be able to do, and I think a lot of parents or ad adults need this as well, is to self-regulate. Oh, yeah. Is your thermometer, you're not too hot, you're not too cold, you're just Goldilocks right. <laughs> and it's, it's this word supports you to self-regulate. 
so that this, let's go back to the bride idea. So if she chose her word as joy and all of a sudden she wakes up in the morning like my daughter did, and it is pouring rain. Like, I mean, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. I can't control the rain. I can't like, do I choose to be stressed? Do I choose to be unhappy or do I choose joy? I choose joy. And so this is where this word can support you. So my word is anticipation. So I'm in a continual state of anticipation. My word has been generous. It's been kindness. And so when I would not feel kind and I would be stressed out, worried about something, I would bring myself back up to say, what's the highest version of me? This is kindness. Last year, my word was poor pour out. So hmm. the idea was generous. So pour into, uh, I am poured into and I pour out. It's just about this exchange, this flow of energy. And so it was idea of generosity. And so this is what I would give to the listener is what is a word that there's a couple of qualifications. A feels joyful. So it's not to discipline you. So it's not a word like, oh, I must Actually, I had someone say her word was discipline. And I said, that's mm. more of a how. Yeah. And even the word discipline, but it's more of a how that's a, if it's a, if it's a reminder, then it's, it's not your word. It's the word beyond that. So I said to her, for example, I said, so once you feel, once you're disciplined, then what? Oh, well then I feel peace, freedom. Okay. There we go. There's your word. So it's, it's beyond that. So if it, it feels that. Uh, joyful it also feels you're inspired so you want to feel inspired but not just inspired like oh that's nice and then it's fleeting but that you're inspired into action so that this word su supports you to be in action and the last is that it makes you feel safe and i feel safety as in you feel supported that you know in all things that you are supported and so, and you're going to notice the word. It's like law of attraction. It's, it's once you focus on something, you're going to see it everywhere. So that word's going to start popping up all over the place. And you'll be like, ah, there's my word. Oh, there's my word. So that's what I would recommend for couples, but anyone that's listening. I was going to say, like when you get a new car, I, I, I bought a blue, a really pretty blue car. And now I see blue cars everywhere or that certain make of a car. You didn't notice it before. You keep seeing it everywhere. So, well, you know what, um, in my Mary Kay business, and we're getting towards the end, but in my Mary Kay business that I did for like over 30 years, they taught us, you know, to see where we wanted to be because so often we see where we're at and we're not happy with it. And that happens in marriages where we're, we see where we're at, we're experiencing frustration every day and we get stuck there and we're not able to, unless we do it on purpose. So follow what Debbie has told you right there. And create that vision and have that word because all I could see whenever you said it was going to rain on a wedding, her wedding day, Bridezilla. <laughs> you know, we see that a lot these days and we just turn into crazy women and um, we can decide what we want to be. But uh, what I actually wanted to share, I get distracted easily. Um, what I actually wanted to share was uh, my daughter was pregnant uh, with her second child uh, some years ago four years ago, actually. And, you know, she had a little boy and don't we do that where we have, you know, one sex or the other, and we would like to have an, the other, you know, we'd like to have one of the, of each. Some people want, you know, all one, um, one sex, but anyway, she had wanted a little girl. And so, 
Um, I was doing a, a type of vision board, my goals board for the year in January, like we are here now. And um, on that board, I found this precious little chubby girl picture. You know, she was about two years old. It was kind of an old fashioned picture and it was so cute. And I put it on my vision board and, um, you know, I was, said a prayer for her to have a girl, but, you know, we get whatever we get sometimes. But uh, she had the cutest little girl. She's four years old now. And um, just the other day, I cleaned up that vision board. I could hardly throw it away because of that that sweetness, you know, on that. So creating that vision that we want and choosing our emotions and choosing how we communicate with each other, you know, really make a difference. And let's be real. When you have a vision, you have a purpose and you have a direction. And we're just happier as people. And we have- For sure. If we have nowhere we're going, then we're frustrated, you know, with that. So Debbie, take us out today and uh, share where our viewers can uh, find you and give us the last word. Sure. So uh, you can find me on my website, which is my name, Debbie, D-E-B-B-I, Sluice, S-L-U-Y-S.com or dare number two, declare.com. So everything's there, my schedule, uh, my calendar, if you want to have a conversation, uh, links to my social media, everything there is on my website. And I would say for the last word that creating a beautiful vision together as a couple it's something that you want to do over and over as you continue to grow in your marriage, as you continue to change, um, as your children are perhaps teens, or again, if you don't have children, but you're aging yourself or you have aging parents, your life continues to change. And so the vision isn't the, it is the end game, but the goal posts keep moving. And so you're going to want to recreate that on an annual basis. Uh, and it's not like you're going to put the token partner on your vision board. So if you're creating it by yourself and not as a couple, um, but rather what is your vision for that marriage? What do you want it to look and feel like? So I have a lot of images in my magazine that are of couples dancing and there's, it's not so much literal dancing, but more of the feeling of the freedom of intimacy, of companionship, of fun, um, you know, those kinds of feelings. And so having images like that, that represent what it is that you desire for your marriage is, is such a beautiful focus and uh, have that visible um, where you can see it, whether it be in your closet or by your workspace, but somewhere where you can visibly see it every day and focus on that. That's right. Putting it up in front of you where you see it. Um, you can even make copies sometimes and uh, put it in different places that you see it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Debbie, for that. And I hope some of our people will hook up with you and uh, create that vision for marriage. And uh, I thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. If you've been encouraged today, please hit subscribe and help me spread the word by sharing with your friends. You'll find show notes and how you can connect with today's guest at theextraordinarymarriage.com. Get ready to uncover the best kept secrets of happy, healthy marriages and gain the power of understanding how you and your spouse think, act, and respond differently. Learn more about the unique communication secrets for marriage at TheExtraordinaryMarriage.com. This is your host, Connie Durham, and I'll see you next week.